Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.36, in with us once again this morning, live in studio. Governor Brad Little is uh, in, and uh, I would like to say, I, I don't know what we're being buttered up for, but uh, donuts were brought in for everybody today. So, um, first of all, uh, thank you, and uh, make sure that uh, his mic is on. I think we're being sugared up, not okay. buttered up. But uh. Either either way, it's good for us. Thanks for coming in this morning. Uh, I know you had a very busy schedule and uh, working out a little time for us. Much appreciated. My pleasure. I want to start things off uh, this morning um, because this is something we've been talking about this morning. And I don't know if you saw the poll that came out in the uh, Idaho Statesman. Uh, about nearly one in three Idaho adults believe widespread voter fraud took place in the 2020 U.S. election. Even uh, liberals in uh, Idaho, 10% think that there was voter fraud and that President Biden may or may not be the true president. So that's like nearly a dozen people. <laughs> well, we want to ask you, it's a question we've never asked you before. Do you think that there was widespread voter fraud in the last election? And do you think Trump actually won that election? I was listening to some guy on the radio this morning. He said there's always fraud. So I just kind of have to take his word for it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a very smart dude. Yeah, he was a smart dude. But I, I, I you know, an example... But I don't know that the numbers in any one state were enough to move the electoral. But, like, in Nevada, they'd never done mail-out voting. And then all of a sudden, Governor Sisolak says, we're going to mail-out ballots. They've been doing mail-out voting in Oregon for a long time, and they've got a process to where, and I'm I'm not an advocate for it because I think it it does have leaky spots in it. But I do know that in Nevada, they had not done any, you know, any vetting, and then they just sent ballots to everybody. So there's a little example here and a little example there. But the one thing we don't want is the federal government to take over voting, and every state has a responsibility to make sure that their voting works. I think I, I don't think there's 10% of the people in Idaho that think there was fraud in Idaho. They think there was fraud elsewhere. Right, right. You know, when people vote for their county clerks and they vote for their secretary of state, and literally your neighbor, the county clerk's in charge of running the voting in your county. Do you think legislatures should be able to reverse uh, a, a vote if they think that there was some kind of malfeasance? Surely no elected official would ever turn over election when they lost. That would probably never happen. That, I was, want, that was a joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of thought it might be. <laughs> to also be um, specific uh, about something that you kind of mentioned there um, that was kind of going to be one of my other questions, um, because this is something that has been talked about for the last two years. Are you in favor of federalizing the elections so that all states have the same exact rules? No. And, you know, if, if, if it gets way out of line, there's already federal laws, current federal laws, you know, the Civil Rights Act uh, that, that will kick in. But for the most part, Civil Rights Act, the, the, the states that they were concerned about, they backed away from them because, uh, but, you know, they're, there's always an example of something that went haywire somewhere to a certain extent. But, you know, the numbers, uh, you know, are pretty compelling that there was never enough volume uh, to affect the national election. Now, some local elections, there might be something, but, you know, communities, uh, voting has uh, responsibility and you need to elect good people to run your county clerks and your state secretary of state. The people uh, down in Arizona, there's 
people monitoring drop boxes. Uh, do you know of anything like that in Idaho that's been going on? Uh, there's a lot of poll workers already signed up. Uh, and then we funded, uh, we funded audits. Uh, that was one of the things we did in the last session was put money out to do. And, and we, we went out, if you remember, right after the election, before we did the certification and sent people out, randomly went into communities, uh, counted the votes uh, in certain precincts, in certain areas, hand, hand verified them. And our integrity audits that we funded in the last session uh, found, I mean, like one or two votes. It was right. very minimal. Um, Idaho, um, according to a bunch of rankings here uh, recently, number one state for economic momentum, number one top growing state driven by tax policy, rated number one state for tax revenue growth during the pandemic, number three state prepared to withstand economic stress, which it looks like, based on some of the news from uh, Larry Summers yesterday, uh, might be, uh, or Jerome Powell, sorry, Jerome Powell yesterday, uh, might be happening. Idaho top state for income equality. Um, and how are we set up going forward? I mean, this is, this is stuff that's been happening and we're looking backward going forward. Are we still set up? And I ask that question because, um, we've seen a surplus over and over here recently. However, we didn't have as much tax dollars coming in in the most recent, um, fiscal period. Um, is that going to cause a problem going forward? Um, no, we're, we're, we're in just incredible. And these rankings, if you dive into the details of them, they talk about, uh, I just got through reading the Fitch report where we got our AAA credit rating again, and they talk uh, ad nauseum about the fact that, you know, when th- things get tough, we dial back our spending, we've got rainy day funds, we're paying off our debt, we're doing all these things, and we're budgeting a $200 million surplus every year for the next five years. Speaking of budgets, I would assume you're working on uh, the current one, do you foresee any big changes? No. I. It'll be, you know, I've been telling everybody past this prologue, you know, if I'm fortunate enough next Tuesday to uh, get a re-confirmation, uh, uh, we will do what we've been doing, which is more investments into education. There'll be more money for tax relief. We just don't know what that's going to be. Property taxes, sales taxes, income taxes, but there will be some, uh, in, you know, unless things tip clear over, there'll be tax relief. But there'll be more money into education, transportation, and probably infrastructure because the state's growing and we got to have money for infrastructure. There's an advisory vote coming up on the uh, ballot next week. Um, just ask the question, or it's, it's kind of a two-part question. It, it asks if you're okay with getting the rebates and the money and the surplus returned in the form of rebates and also um, education. What would happen uh, if that came back? And like I said, it's just an advisory question. What would that happen if that came back and it was uh, the majority said, no, we're not okay with it? Well, I, th- I think it would be a message to the legislature and to myself um, about the people who want to put more money into education and get more money back in their pockets. I would be shocked if that happened. I wish they could have split that up two two ways instead of going. Well, I'm okay with this one, but not this this one. But I like the money in my pocket, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. The legislature calling itself into a special session is is there any uh, circumstance under under which that would be a good idea? Uh, well, today, and it's been the way since the statehood. If there's an agreement between uh, the legislature, enough agreement, there's a bill drafted 
It's not like they show up and start from scratch. There's an agreement. We're going to call a special session. Here's the legislation. It's vetted with the legislature. You know, it's vetted with the attorney general to make sure it's legal. We do all of that. They show up, and in one day, two days, uh, they get their work done. My issue with the uh, with the uh, proposal is there's no limitation. Uh, you know, they can come to town and literally do anything. It can say it's going to be on taxes or it's going to be on education and transportation. And then you don't have the opportunity for the public to have the input on it because it's done in such an abbreviated time, and there's no limit on how long they'll be there. The other states that have it have higher hurdles to get to town, limits on what subject matter can be, and limits on how long it can go, and this one's pretty open-ended. There have been some questions on uh, whether or not, and maybe you can help us out with this, would, if they call mm-hmm. themselves, say this gets through, and they start calling themselves back in um, special session whenever they felt like it, do they get paid extra for that, or do they just receive their salary and that's it? And well, if they, they get, do a special session, other than the per diem, they don't get paid any extra. No, right? they don't get, but they get the per diem right. and their travel here, you know, so legislators Still costing money. in Bonners Ferry and and Franklin County, <laughs> uh, you know, they got a lot of, because they're coming for one day, so that's usually... You know, a lot of times legislators come, particularly from the far end of the state, and stay here. So there'll be more more travel and more per diem. And uh, the committee just recommended a significant increase in the per diem for the next next session. Your uh, predecessor, Butch Otter, was on with Nate Shellman last week um, and was asked the question whether or not he thought this was a good idea. And he said, uh, not only no, but hell no. Um, I just I don't want to put words in your mouth again. So you are fully 100% against the legislature being able to call themselves? Well, I, I, I just don't see the need. It's okay. Governor Cox is going to be here Saturday for the BYU-Boise State game. And before this was even proposed, I talked to both Governor Cox and Governor Herbert. You know, after they changed their constitution, they had like seven or eight sessions one, one year. And the, some of them were not for very... Uh, very good reasons, and I, I, I think both former Governor Herbert and current Governor Cox and a lot of people in Utah would say that was maybe not the best deal that ever happened in Utah. We're talking uh, live in studio today. Governor Brad Little giving us a little time ahead of the election next week. We'll take a quick break. More with the governor uh, coming up next. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.50, Governor Brad Little in the uh, studio with us uh, this morning. You know, one question, we haven't had a chance, uh, it's been a while since you've been in in with us, and we've had a chance to talk to you. Denise uh, wrote an email in. Uh, said, question for the governor, how can uh, you justify not debating your opponents this year? As as I stated over and over, uh, here I am uh, on KBOI. Uh, I, I did a Capital for a Day last week in Wallace, uh, a month before in Cary, uh, press conferences around the state. Uh, you know, the, the everybody knows where I am on every big issue. It's like, you know, some road project somewhere that I probably don't have anything to do with. 
but, you know, all the big issues, everybody knows what my position is. So is this a sign that, um, say, you win this year and decide that you're going to win, uh, go for a third term in the future? Does this mean you won't ever debate again? No, no. Okay. It, I mean, it was specific to the, uh, you know, particularly if there was more turmoil. Uh, but, you know, as I said, past this prologue, it's not like there's big catastrophic changes in Idaho or in my position. So, A listener wrote in and asked uh, me to ask you if you know the total number of refugees, both legal and illegal, and he wrote night flights, coming into the state each year. Uh, that is, uh, I, actually, yesterday I got a report. I was shocked. We've only got like eight uh, Ukrainian refugees, as has always been the case uh, in recent years, uh, our biggest population is from the Congo, and of course, a lot of those Congolese are are being persecuted because they're Christian over there. Uh, and but the but the Congo is where uh, the bulk of our and then I think it's maybe uh, Chad, uh, Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just got a report on it yesterday because we do get reports on it all the time. Do you know how many illegals um, are being no, sent to our I, state? No, is no. there any? There's no way to keep no, track of that. No, and that's a problem. That's a huge problem. Right. Um, we don't. You know, there's no. If they're a refugee that goes through the system, uh, you know, they've been given the right. documents we know about. And in fact, that's one of the things that the Republican governors. <clears throat> I don't know if we demanded, but we highly recommended to the administration. There were ten things to do, and one of them was to let keep better track of them because they come across they say here's a court date to show up goodbye and then we don't know where they go and they you know they go everywhere and that's why arizona and texas and their frustration have been shipping them to martha's martha's vineyard and elsewhere is because they're those those two states down there in particular because of their proximity are just getting besieged with uh illegal crossings kind of having to do with that is a growing problem in our state and that's fentanyl um if elected uh, is that something that you're going to be along with the legislature trying to do something about i i don't and specifically what would it be well, well actually about there are multiple things uh first one is esto perpetua which we're trying to give uh, law enforcement more and more and more tools uh to stop the flow coming in and yesterday, I, I got a, a presentation on a new campaign that we're putting out to do awareness. We're, we're trying to go, particularly young people, and make them aware that one pill can kill, that your odds of surviving buying a random pill on the street is less. It, it, you have a better odds playing Russian roulette uh, than you do buying one pill off of the street because uh, it's uh, one in five are lethal, have a lethal dose in them. The next thing we're doing is treatment, early treatment, and then long-term treatment. So we've got a significant plan. I took some of the, a small amount of money, or a, a lot of my discretionary money that I have during the interim and put it into this uh, campaign for awareness, and that's going to be starting up soon. Constitution and legislature aside, if you could just snap your fingers and change anything right now in the state of Idaho, what would it be? Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm Come on, you get to be God. You get to be God here uh, well, for I, a second. I, I, there, you got to have something you would want to see. Or change. at least I dream a genie. Anyway, <laughs> well, I, uh, you know, we have so many things to be thankful for. Uh, you know, once in a while I say, well, I'd like to change that. Matter of fact, I was in uh, East Idaho two days ago, meeting with a, 
a, a broad group of legislators about what do we need to do in the next session. Uh, I, I, if I could do one thing, I'd have every child reading proficiently by the end of the that's third right. grade. That That's the great equalizer, if every kid can read uh, by the end of the third grade. That's a good answer. So, <laughs> I took, think. It took me a while to get there. <laughs> well, the good, point is you got there. Good job at making your wish, and uh, hopefully it, it will come true now. Um, we are running, and you, as, as you said earlier in this interview, that you have projected that we're going to be running a budget surplus for the next five years yep. at, at about two million. If if you know if our projections, if our budgets get adapt, adopted, you know if they and we're and we're forecasting a slowdown in the economy. Right. Nobody uh, expects it to. You know, when the federal government puts four or five trillion dollars into the market, it's going to change things. And we were a big beneficiary of that because it it spawned a lot of economic growth, but we were growing before. It was maybe necessary in some of the other states. That's why I wasn't an advocate for it. I said, we're doing just fine. We don't need any federal help. But it it, it did spike the economy. So, it, it, I mean, this is all about me. Um, can I expect another rebate? Or let me rephrase that. Can my wife expect another rebate <laughs> check uh, sometime in the first quarter or first half of next year? Uh, we'll see. Uh, we're, I... We'll do tax something, but it might be property tax, it might be sales tax, it might be income tax. I'll tell you what, based on the amount of uh, people that we have calling in and texting us, uh, property tax property. might be something yeah. that you oh, want yeah. to oh, take, yeah. take a look <laughs> at. But it's complicated because not all property taxpayers are the same. Right. Governor Brad Little, uh, thank you very much for taking a little time with us. Uh, good luck next Tuesday and uh, appreciate it. Uh, more importantly, we really appreciate that you guys brought in donuts for us this morning. Good luck also throwing that, uh, you're flipping the coin, right, at how, uh, first of the game for the Boise State BYU that, game? That's right. All right, good luck with that, too. <laughs> KBOI News Time, uh, 8.57. Take a break. News coming up here at the top of the hour. You want to comment? You want to call in? Now's a good time. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also uh, email us, mike at kby.com or chris at kby.com.